Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. You know, I just want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for sharing in the stories, for supporting. You know, we are on episode 20 of season one, which I really cannot believe, 20 episodes. We're going to go two more episodes here in season one, up to episode 22, and then we're going to take a break for a couple months before we launch season two. So I'm just excited because we have so many more things coming in season two. I mean, we already have, we've begun recording on episodes for season two, but we're going to take a break and uh, make sure we get some really good quality things recorded for you in season two. But today we are continuing our story of Daniel. Um, I'm really excited about this one particularly because it's on Daniel chapter four, which is the story where Nebuchadnezzar actually shares his testimony. And it's just so incredible because as I've shared before, Daniel, the entire book is really about God trying to reach Nebuchadnezzar, at least the first four chapters of, of Daniel. Is really about God trying to reach Nebuchadnezzar. And so chapter four is one of my favorites because it really gives the culmination of the effort that God's been putting in to reaching this pagan king. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Henderson as we begin Daniel chapter four, the testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar. Last time, if you recall, we did the story of the golden image and the three right. three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that refused to bow down to that image and ended up getting thrown into a fiery furnace. And God himself got in that furnace with them. Right. It's an incredible story. And we, we kind of saw at the end of the story how Nebuchadnezzar you know, had a proclamation to worship God. But he still didn't understand a lot of things about God, and I don't think he was truly converted yet. No. Um, but here in chapter 4, we have an interesting story, because <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar himself writes this chapter. Um, it's, you know, it's unique in that a pagan king, although not pagan by the end of this, but um, you know, he wrote this chapter that ended up getting included in the Bible. In the Bible. And uh, it's really his testimony, his conversion story. So why don't we go ahead and, and start there in, um, in verse 1, just start reading his, his letter. Okay. And again, I'm reading out of the clear word. Daniel 4, verse 1. During the last half of his reign... Nebuchadnezzar had an experience that truly convinced him that the God of the Hebrews was the true God. He sent a message to all nations and language groups in his kingdom and to all the countries he had conquered. And this was his message. Peace to all of you. I thought it would be good for you to know about the miracles and other wonderful things that the God of heaven has recently done for me. How great and wonderful God is! How powerful and redemptive are his miracles! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and he will rule forever. 
You know, it's interesting because that that introduction yeah. doesn't sound much like the old Nebuchadnezzar, right. does it? <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the story tells us why. <laughs> yes. All right, let's find out. Okay, verse 4. A little over seven years ago, while I, Nebuchadnezzar, was resting in the palace... I thought about everything that I had done for Babylon and was feeling quite proud of myself. And then I fell asleep and had a dream which frightened me. The more I thought about this dream, the more I felt sure that it had some evil message for me. So I called all the royal advisors in the province of Babylon to come to the palace to help me understand the dream. They all came, astrologers, scientists, fortune tellers, and the priests, who claimed that they can communicate with the dead, and I told them my dream. And that's interesting, because (laughs) the other time, he couldn't tell them the dream, he just knew it was something pretty awesome. Yes, yeah, this is almost, you can almost sense a parallel to Daniel 2, where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, he calls in all of his wise men. But like you said, there's a difference in that this time he actually remembered what his dream was. And they still couldn't tell him what it meant. (laughs) (laughs) So I told them my dream, but not one of them could tell me what it meant. So finally Daniel, whom I called Belteshazzar to honor my God, also came to the palace. He's a man in whom the spirit of the holy gods lives. So I told him the dream. O Belteshelter, I said, chief of all who interpret dreams, I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and that no secret is hidden from you. So let me tell you the dream and visions I had and you tell me what they mean. I fell asleep in my palace and dreamed I saw a huge tree standing in the middle of the earth and it was the tallest tree I'd ever seen. As I looked, it grew bigger and stronger until its top seemed to touch heaven itself. It could be seen by all the people in the world. Its leaves were beautiful, and it was loaded with all kinds of fruit, enough to feed everyone. The animals of the field came to rest in its shade, and the birds happily built their nests in its branches. It provided rest and protection for all living things. Then in my dream, as I lay in my bed, I saw a holy watcher come down from heaven and say to those with him, Cut this tree down, strip it of its leaves, cut off its branches, and scatter its fruit. Drive the animals that were under it away, and also the birds that built their nests there. But leave the stump in the ground. Put a band of iron and bronze around it, and then leave it alone. Leave it there in the middle of the field with grass around it, and let it get wet with the morning dew. Let the man whom this tree represents Live with the animals and eat the grass of the field. What a, a dream! <laughs> I know it's in, it. You can you can tell why Nebuchadnezzar was afraid. 
You know, yeah. this this massive tree all of a sudden gets commanded to be cut down, right. and uh, and a lot of strange symbolism here that that's just hard to understand. Right. Um, and interestingly, going back a little bit, you know, why wasn't why wasn't Daniel called in originally? Yeah. Um, you know, in Daniel two, we when we were talking about the the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had at that time, we weren't sure exactly why Daniel wasn't called in. Maybe there was some jealousy. Maybe it was just you know because he was the new kid on the block. You know, we don't know. Right. This one, he's no longer one of the wise men. He's the prime minister of Babylon at this right. point. So right. when, when the king called in his normal wise men, his advisors, you know, all of that, Daniel wasn't a part of that. And uh, it, was, it was kind of below his pay grade, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Nebuchadnezzar brings him in because he knows that Daniel is the one who can interpret this dream. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that he may, the Nebuchadnezzar may have known who sent the dream. You know, by the by the time his wise men couldn't decide, right. you know, couldn't give the the answer, and especially the fact that it was something from heaven. Yes, that said, "Cut down this tree." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Verse sixteen. Take away his reason. Give him the mind of an animal. Let seven times or years pass over him. And this was decided by the Holy One who never slumbers or sleeps so that people will know that the Most High is King of the universe and keeps a watchful eye on all human affairs. He gives the various kingdoms to whomever he will and sets over them the lowliest of men. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belteshazzar, you tell me what it all means. None of my other advisors and counselors to whom I told the dream could interpret it for me. But I know that the Spirit of the Holy God is in you and that you can help me. <laughs> I have a feeling, and I may be wrong, I think the others really knew what that dream meant. Mm. But they were afraid to say anything because they thought he would get mad at them. Nebuchadnezzar had a history of, of yeah. threatening to cut people up and, right. and turn their <laughs> turn their houses into dunghills. So they, they said, you know, uh, we don't know what that really mm. means. That's a really good theory. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That very well could be true because as but, as we see in the next verse, even Daniel didn't want to tell the interpretation. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Then Belteshazzar was stunned and remained quiet for a long time. Finally, I said to him, Belteshazzar, if you don't want to tell me the meaning because it's bad news, don't let that worry you. Just tell me what it means. Then Belteshazzar said, Your Majesty, the interpretation of the dream is something your enemies would love to hear. Mm. The tree you saw in your dream, which grew bigger and stronger until it seemed to touch the sky and people everywhere could see it, that same tree, which was covered with beautiful leaves and loaded with fruit for everyone, 
under which the animals of the field came to rest and where the birds built their nests. That tree, your majesty, is you. Hmm. You know, as as I was reading that, and also as you were reading the the dream itself, I was reminded of Daniel 2, where where Daniel is describing why the king is the head of gold. Right. And he uses very similar language back in verse... Um, tw- uh, verse 37 of Daniel 2, he says, you, know, you are a king of kings, the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Verse 38 says, wherever the children of men dwell or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. Yeah. And so it's a very similar imagery very, here where, very, very similar. where Nebuchadnezzar has been given all the animals, all the, all the men. He's He's been given all these resources and He's been given power over all of them by right. God. Right. Yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar now, in this one, is realizing that it's God who sets up and takes down. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's, yeah. This isn't... He, he, he didn't grow by himself as this tree. It was, it was grown by God. Right. That tree, your majesty, is you. You have grown to be a great and strong king. There seems to be no end to the height of your power, and your influence extends throughout the world. The holy watcher you saw looking at the tree never slumbers or sleeps. He came down from heaven and said, Cut down the tree and destroy it, and leave the stump and roots in the ground. Put a band of iron and bronze around it and let it get wet with the morning dew like the grass of the field. Let the man this tree represents live with the animals for seven years. This decision, your majesty, was made by the Most High God. Mm. Your reason will be taken from you and you will be driven away from human society to live with animals. You will eat grass like an ox and sleep in the field. The morning dew will fall on you for seven years until you have learned that God is in control of all human affairs and that he can give your kingdom to whoever he wants. But since the holy watcher said to the angel to leave the stump and its roots in the ground, your kingdom will be restored to you. However, this is only after you have accepted God's sovereignty. This is the dream and its meaning. And now, Your Majesty, may my personal advice be acceptable to you. I suggest that you atone for your sins by doing what is right and for your iniquities by showing mercy to those who are weak and taking care of those who are poor. This change on your part will defer the sentence and may even cancel it altogether. That's wow. interesting. I have forgotten that part. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it really shows how much Daniel cared for Nebuchadnezzar. Right. And not only in the the troubled heart that he had at the beginning when he had heard what the dream was, but even down here at the end, when 
He knows what it means. He right. knows, and, and he knows better than anybody else, Nebuchadnezzar, in the way that he is. Right. And uh, he was probably one of the closest people to the king. And yet he still felt bad for him and, and wanted to somehow protect him. And so he gives him this advice and says, yeah. you know, do these things and, and this won't happen. So the question is, did Nebuchadnezzar follow Daniel's advice? Hmm. You'll have to wait till part two to learn what happens next. But next week, we're actually going to take a break from Daniel. We'll, we'll do this as episode 22. Our final episode in season one is going to be the second part of the story, Nebuchadnezzar's testimony, the grand finale of God's drawing on the life of Nebuchadnezzar. We'll continue that story in episode 22. But episode 21, next week, I have a really special interview to share with you. It's one of my friends, colleagues, Pastor Tom Kaiser was kind enough to share his story, and his testimony is one you will not want to miss. So next week, right here on Stories of Faith and Hope, is Pastor Tom Kaiser, and here is just a quick sample of my interview with him. And I ended up going to church, and then I got to church, there's like six people on this campus in this uh, this chapel service. Yeah. And of the six people, five of them I had saw, or four of them I had saw at the bars the night before. Oh mercy! And two of them I knew were 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 messing with prostitutes mm. uh, and were married. Mm. And so uh, the other one was the chaplain himself. I didn't see him at the bar, which was a good thing, I guess. The chaplain <laughs> that was in the service. Um, that probably would have been really bad if it was the chaplain was doing it. And it was one of the ladies that actually worked in my unit who invited me to go. Had been inviting me to go to church several times. Um, I'm like, you know what? This is not for me. These people are hypocrites. You know, they're singing about, oh, Jesus loves me, but. You know, they're not. And so I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I didn't go back. Like I said, Pastor Tom Kaiser has an incredible testimony, and I cannot wait to share it with you next week. That'll be it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode 20. Uh, You can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Uh, Music was provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. And you can subscribe to us on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless you and have faith and hope.